0: Welcome to White AF. You're listening to your hosts, Steph and Brandon. Today we're going to be talking about rehab do's and don'ts, specifically exercise rehab and uh, prehab as well. So uh, we find that a lot of people kind of forget about doing their rehab exercises or prehab exercises to prevent injury or to recover from injury. Um,
1: I've become really good with rehab and prehab since you've been on my case about it, but there's definitely been times where I haven't, put so much energy into those accessory movements or those movements that are probably going to contribute to my recovery the most and instead kind of push through that pain which is something that we see people do all the time
0: yeah and like it's not normal to have pain while you're training um so it's really important that if you are seeing someone osteophysio chiro that and they give you exercises which they should because uh, research is really backing exercise at the moment to help injury like prevention and recovery but um if, if you're not doing your exercises like you can't really expect to get the best result so
1: we find it's super common for people to go and get a massage or go and see a myotherapist if they've got a sore back or a sore knee uh, regardless of how long they've had that sore back or sore knee, they'll just go, oh yeah, come and fix me, Mm -hmm. Um, where the reality is, that's not going to be your road to recovery, that might be something that you get, you know once a month or or even even longer, but something to relax you or for, mm. for different reasons.
0: Exactly. Yeah. like those modalities, they're awesome. You know, I'm not against them because I use them. I use manual therapy treatments, massage and um, adjustments and manipulations and things like that. I think they're great and they can get really good benefit for people, especially if you know they need that little bit of extra help moving their joints and relaxing muscles. Um, and hands-on therapy can just be really therapeutic for people and help them relax and de-stress as well. So I'm not against that, I'm totally for that but um, keep in mind that it is a passive treatment. So that means that the patient doesn't have to do anything. So, you know, you kind of lie on the table and your therapist does it all for you. I think that's the attraction. and then you walk out you're like oh I feel so much better hopefully um so like that's great because you don't have to do anything you just pay your money and you feel better but uh, the long-term benefits are not as great it's just that short-term benefit and that short-term relief so exercise and rehab is a long-term benefit that's going to help you come back from injury and prevent injury down the track
1: before we get any further, we just want to say a bit big disclaimer that the pain that you experience when you're doing, uh, you know, when you have an injury or something like that, isn't an indication of the damage that you've done. So, just, just to be, you know, just to put that out there, it's kind of something that we've said in heaps and heaps mm-hmm. of episodes, but just to keep reminding you guys pain that you're feeling isn't an indication of the damage that you've done.
0: I love that you know this. Like clearly me and Brand have done lots of talks about pain education. But um, you know, this is something that was drilled into us us at uni as well, talking about pain and what it means. And you're on board with this now too, so you understand it a bit more. But it's it just yeah, it's not just because you feel a lot of pain doesn't mean there's a lot of damage to the tissue. Um your pain's still real, but just know that there's not always the severe damage that you might think that there is even if the pain feels really extreme and vice versa you know you might not feel any pain at all and you might have a serious injury so just keep that in mind perfect let's get into our do's and don'ts of exercise rehab so number one we're going to start with a don't don't expect your injury to get better overnight so, there's, not, there's no quick fix, there's ups and downs, uh, it takes time, <laughs> you know, it took a while for you to probably get the injury for some people, it's not like it just happened, I mean some of them, it, it does, if you got knocked <laughs> by some, like on a footy field yeah. and someone knocked your knee, like yeah, that happened pretty quickly, <laughs> but um, you know, a lot of overuse injuries, they take time to happen. So you can't expect it to like literally get better the next day when you start exercising or doing your rehab.
1: Yeah, things like tendonitis and those tendinopathies, they can be really, really... Steph, you can explain to everyone what a tendinopathy is?
0: Oh, yeah. So tendinopathy is where your tendon becomes inflamed for a long period of time. Tendinitis is a bit more acute where it's still inflamed and it's an active inflammation at the moment. So the tendon, which is the muscle connecting to the bone, um, that can also... that can become inflamed. So tendonitis, tendinopathy pretty much the same thing. It's just that one's been happening for longer and one's a little bit more acute.
1: So those things, they can be really uh, annoying and really nasty and take quite a bit of time to recover. So if you're not on top of things and you're not on top of your recovery, they can take even longer. So it's really important to, you know, get started with something like tendonitis. Don't expect it to be fully recovered and go back to 100% training in like Two days, two weeks, or if you feel good after you had a treatment, then max out the next day on that area that's feeling really sore. Um, I know I've done that a lot. You're speaking from experience with these things. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of things with training. There's a lot of unknowns, and with exercise, you know, we've we've done training, so we know uh, what it's like. You know, if you if you do something like this for long enough, just by chance or just because you push your body pretty hard, chances are you're probably going to get, you know, some little niggles at some point. It's mm. fairly normal to experience that. But how you recover from that is obviously up to you. And that's going to depend a lot on your attitude in training. So don't expect it to be, you know, all rosy as soon as you get one treatment or as soon as you start ex- uh, doing those rehab movements.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, Exactly. Do so. You do need to communicate. Communication is so important. We've discussed this before in training as well. If you have a coach, um, communicating with your coach is really important. Communicating with your health professional or anyone who you're like is helping you with your training and your rehab at the moment, you need to talk to them and communicate with them.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think one of the things that's really important, and one of the things that I do with my clients is I'll constantly check in on them because a lot of people feel bad talking about it or feel bad bringing it up if they've got a, a sore shoulder or something like that, they won't even bring it up to me as their coach where it's really important and that's one mm-hmm. of the most important things about having a coach is being able to communicate really well uh, and Steffi, we use like a little pain scale mm-hmm. to, in, in order to kind of you know articulate how's that feeling or, and even uh, that's really important to see if it's actually progressing as well.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah. So you need you need to say, what's my pain level at today? What's the discomfort? Um, are you actually able to do the exercise plan? Are you like pushing through it? It's not really working or like you need to let us know how those things are working or is it not fitting with your lifestyle? Uh, is it just too many exercises we've given you or not enough exercises? Because everyone's going to be really different. So, you know, we're trying to, I'm trying as an osteopath to tailor the exercise plan to the individual. Everyone's going to need different things. Um, and I don't always know that unless you communicate with me. I'm going to try my best to understand what you need, but you have to tell us as well what you need and how you're feeling.
1: It's definitely a two-way street.
0: Oh, for sure. Yep. The next one, don't, this is very important, don't push through the pain. So some discomfort is to be expected. Um, We just spoke about the pain scale. I use out of 10, numbers out of 10, uh, called a visual analog scale. So I usually say to people, if the pain is three out of 10 or less than three out of 10, Um, that's okay. I'm okay for you to feel a little bit of discomfort. If it's getting over three out of 10, say four out of 10 during your rehab exercises, it's not really what we want. So make sure that if it is getting that over that four or five, or it's just like really bad, you don't need to do that exercise. And again, let us know.
1: And there's plenty of progressions that Mm. can be done. Uh, There's Mm -hmm. so many ways that you can load a joint without that area feeling pain. There's so many Yeah, there's so many tricks. There's so many cheats uh, in order to still get those muscles to work uh, in a different way, uh, in a different angle as well.
0: Yep, and that's our job. You know, that's why we're here to help you. Coaches are here to help you. Allied health professionals are here to help you and modify. So use us because... That's what we're here for. We're here to help you.
1: Yeah, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad having to ask us because that's our job.
0: Yeah, exactly. We want to help. (laughs) Um, And just remember as well that flare-ups are normal. So, flare-ups will occur. Um, If you're watching on YouTube, it's like a little graph going up and down with your recovery. It's not going to – that was me moving my hand up and down like a wave, for those of you just listening. It looked really funny on camera. Brandon's laughing at me. It did. So, like, you'll have up and downs. You'll have days where it feels really good and then days where it feels not so good and then – it'll improve and then it will, you know, be a little bit sore again. So, just expect that. You might have a little bit of some flare-ups but that's part of the journey, finding out what your flare-ups are and how you can manage them and work around them.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not a linear progression and Mm. that's what we said at the beginning. Don't expect things to just improve dramatically and with those exercises, I find, you know, it takes time for those exercises to actually kick in and actually Mm. uh, make those changes because, with training and with any kind of stimulus that we use, it's a delayed response. It's a delayed, you know, we get those gains at a delayed time. So, it takes time for you to improve. You know, the, the squats that you do today, you might feel the strength benefits in four weeks or that's why you start training before a comp. You don't just train the week of a comp <laughs> yeah. because it takes time to improve and there's a bit of latency with that. Mm. Same thing goes with your rehab. The same principles apply yeah. with exercise. So, you know, mm. if you start with these strengthening exercises, mm-hmm whether it's a core exercise or whatever movement you might find at the beginning, it's quite challenging and then it takes time for you to improve. And a lot of times people will say, oh, I don't know if that exercise is actually working for me. Unfortunately, you might have to just stick with it maybe for just a little bit longer. Sometimes, yeah. And and you might see the, the benefits of it.
0: Yeah, well, and sometimes as well, like there are neuromuscular changes that you don't always know that are happening. So like actually getting your brain to switch on with the muscle that maybe you're trying to work or moving your body in a particular way that you're not used to is going to take a bit of like concentration and a little bit of coordination and it might take a little bit for your brain to actually register oh, this is the movement we're supposed to be doing. These are the muscles we need to switch on. This is how I need to position myself. So it might actually take a little bit in terms of like brain power and energy there, not just like the muscle strengthening as such, but the actual neural control as well is another component that takes time because repetitions, the more you do something, the easier it's gonna be. So if you've just started doing it, it's probably gonna feel really foreign. And if you really need to do that exercise as well, if it's something that you don't do already, it's probably going to be really hard for you because you need it and you're not good at it. And then as you get better at it, you're going to improve those other areas. So, um, yeah. I yeah, you're really
1: good at assessing the areas. Or well, for me, I speak from <laughs> experience at assessing the areas that I might struggle in and, and need to strengthen. So, although I can do some lifts quite well, there are a lot of areas that are uh, imbalanced and aren't as strong as certain areas so you know seeing you and assessing my you know assessing areas that need to be you know strengthen it and what areas are kind of letting me down and causing things to take over is really important.
0: Mm, yep awesome and um, so then the next do that we have another nice positive one is do take your time so we sort of already discussed this a little bit, but your progression might be really slow, but also take your time when you're actually completing the exercises as well. That's the main one. Yeah, we don't want to rush through them. You know, it's not just, oh, I have to do these exercises. I'll quickly do them in two minutes before my training session, or I'll just quickly do them at home before I go to bed. If you think about really like taking your time, breathing through those exercises, maybe it takes you 15 minutes 15 minutes every day throughout the week, that's almost two hours worth of training and exercise. It's a really important time. It it adds up. It's really beneficial.
1: Definitely. I think I've been starting most of my sessions, doing some kind of movement that's going to help me, you know, strengthen those areas. Doing a little bit of core work, doing a little bit of those accessory exercises isn't going to make your session, you know, worse, uh, but it's definitely going to go a long way in loading those joints in a different way that you might not be in your current program.
0: Mm-hmm. exactly then don't expect it to be easy it's pretty uh pretty big one don't expect it to be easy it's probably not going to be easy
1: no I don't think so I think a lot of the exercises given to me have been pretty hard and I uh, <laughs> quite struggle with them especially things where I have to you know load my hip in a certain way you know even just else it's a I suck suck at them so much I'm getting better yeah but um yeah you, you can struggle with them uh Quite a lot, but I, but that's going to help you in the long run.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people think, oh, rehab or prehab exercises. Yep, it's going to be really easy. It's activation. Sometimes it's activation, but often they're actually not easy exercises. No. Even some of the mobility stuff can feel really challenging. Um, and that's, again... If someone's prescribing you those exercises, it's probably because you need it. And that's why it's hard because you're not used to doing that movement or not used to switching on that muscle or your body doesn't usually move that way. So it's going to be difficult for you to do that. Um, Also, like you need these, I forgot to put this one on the list, but you want it to be specific, the stuff that you're doing. So, you know, for an Olympic lifter, a lot of Olympic weightlifters are overhead athletes. Well, they are overhead athletes. So like they need a specific strength training or rehab program that's going to focus on their sport. So you always want your rehab stuff to be focused specific on the sport you're doing. Um, I guess it kind of leads on to the next point. What's the next point? Should I mention the next point now? Oh, So the next point was find an allied health professional or someone to help you.
1: So Steph means do find an allied health health professional. My do's
0: and and don't list is all over the place. It was do, do find an allied health professional. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you need, like you want someone with that experience who's going to be able to make your rehab and prehab plan specific. Like we just kind of mentioned, you know, if you're doing a sport, um, then you want it to be functional to that sport. There's no point, you know, doing this little external rotation movement with your arm. If you're an overhead athlete, like it just doesn't make any sense. So I was doing like a little open and closed movement with my arm for those of you uh, listening and not watching. probably seen it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you want to you make it specific. The same goes to everyday movements as well. Like if you're someone who it's painful when you're hanging, washing up on the clothesline to move your arm. So again, that's like a reaching movement with your arm. Why, why would you want to strengthen down low? It's not going to translate to up overhead. So you need the movements to be functional and translate into the movements that you're trying to get better at.
1: Awesome, definitely. Mm. Now, i got a couple of questions oh, for you, Steph. Okay, I'm ready. So, these will be from the uh, from the audience. Yes. <laughs> so, where do anti-inflammatories lie on this? And, and so, you know, if someone's in quite a lot of pain and they're trying to recover, where would anti-inflammatories, you know, like taking Voltaren and stuff mm. like that, where would that fall?
0: Anti-inflammatories are a very tricky one and everyone I think has different opinions on this so when you first done an injury in say the first two weeks uh, so that it's what we would call an acute injury I wouldn't recommend taking anti-inflammatories the reason for that is that anti-inflammatories as the name suggests is that it stops inflammation in the area that's injured the benefit of inflammation is that it sends these chemicals to your brain telling your brain that something is actually injured and to fix it, basically. Um, as well as that inflammation in the joint or the area they've injured, it causes pain, and pain is there to stop you from moving that joint so that you don't do any further damage. It's a pretty good so, system. Yeah, like it, it's a natural process, and inflammation is supposed to happen in, a, in an acute injury when you've just done something. So like it's there for a reason. You don't wanna stop that um, process, and anti-inflammatories will stop that process in that initial phase. If you're looking at something where it's chronic pain and it's been going on for, say, longer than three months and the inflammation is still there and it shouldn't be there, um, so, it you know, ideally inflammation should settle down after 21 days. Usually it's w- the worst in those first 10 days and then it starts to decrease. After 21 days, it should be down in a normal healing process. So if you've still got inflammation after three months and you've still got pain, something's not quite right, something's not quite working properly. Maybe anti-inflammatories will help you a little bit. You don't want to have long-term use of anti-inflammatories because you can get ulcers in your stomach. Um, But, you know, four days of anti-inflammatories, just to let it settle down a little bit, can be really helpful for some people. Um, But, of course, you know, speak to your doctor if you're not sure. They can also advise you on what anti-inflammatories to use um, or your allied health professional. But I wouldn't use them long-term just as a general rule
1: i see people you know it's very common i've got a sore shoulder take anti-inflammatories and i can start training hard again and that's the thing because you you suddenly reduce that pain that you're feeling and then you can continue to push but the pain is there to stop you Mm. from doing the silly things that you're doing
0: it's a message it's telling your body hang on a sec something's not quite right what can we do to work around that
1: another one for do's and don'ts Mm. and another question for you steph dr (laughs) steph So what about things like kinesiology tape and taping and and how can that assist with injuries and and recovery?
0: Yeah, so kinesiology tape, look, there's not a lot of research around it at the moment, but a lot of people, um, they sort of say from their experience that they find it really helpful. Kinesiology tape is like a a stretchy tape. And so the idea is that you lay it over the injured area, so over the muscle and it would support that muscle. So what it basically does is it kind of lifts the fascia up off the muscle slightly, and it provides this neural response which offloads the muscle. Um, I'm not an expert on kinesio tape, but I've definitely used it for you some You mean you're people. not a salesperson I'm not on kinesi- a salesperson.
1: kinesiology tape? More <laughs> but, like it.
0: <laughs> but the benefit is it's really flexible. So if you're going into, um, like, say you're, a, you're an athlete and you had a bit of a niggly shoulder and you're going into a competition on the weekend. Um, and you're just like not quite sure if it's going to hold up okay, putting kinesio tape on your shoulder might be really helpful and help you feel like you've got a little bit more support and a little bit less pressure on that joint than during the week. Some people find it really helpful, other people don't. It's going to be what works for you. Um, something like rigid tape which doesn't move is really appropriate if you're strapping say an ankle or you don't want a joint to move you can definitely use it for other areas as well but that's when you would try and keep the joint more stable so it wouldn't move whereas kinesio tape still allows movement and full function pretty much. When, it just can reduce pain.
1: When I fractured my wrist, we didn't really, we didn't work together on really rehabbing or doing no, anything for that, which is pretty bad. No. Well, pretty I was bad. still at
0: uni then. I didn't know as much yeah, as yeah. I do now. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but when, it, when I fractured, I think it was the two carpal bones, I was strapping it a lot. Yep. And that was helping me be able to to lift overhead. But then it was pretty much two years into training and I was mm. still strapping it. And if I didn't strap it, I couldn't lift. Mm. And it just goes to show how, okay, that strapping probably helped at the beginning, but then how much I relied on strapping it. Because structurally, there was nothing, you know, probably wrong with it after two years. It was definitely recovered I can't just
0: heal in about eight weeks so it would have healed
1: (laughs) so psychologically I had so much insecurity about not using the tape and I just had to use it all the time and had to have my wrist in a certain position and then there would be one random day that I for whatever reason I didn't um tape it and I didn't Mm. think to tape it and I got through the whole session and I was like and I realised at the end I didn't I hadn't taped it. So just goes to show the power of I guess your mind and how much you can convince yourself if you have a certain attitude or a certain stance on some kind of you know, Mm. recovery strategy or recovery method and how much that can affect your rehab and recovery long-term.
0: Exactly, yeah. I think we could do a whole episode on recovery strategies. Maybe we'll do that as a a future one Um, and what recovery strategies actually work because there's a lot of research and I have a lot of things we could talk about. And there's a
1: lot of of myths as well and there's a lot of myths out in the community. Mm. Yes,
0: definitely. Yeah. Did you have any other questions? Audience questions or Brandon questions?
1: No, no, no one else has any (laughs) questions.
0: Wait, was it? Wait,
1: hold on. There was one other I was gonna ask you.
0: Yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm ready.
1: I know. I know you're ready. We're, everything's all set up. Oh, there was one more. It was? Um, in
0: Brandon's brain right now, it's probably like on the Simpsons episode, and there's like the monkey clapping that symbols in your brain.
1: I don't think so, Sorry. but it's like that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's about it. That's all I have for you, Steph.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, so we'll be seeing you in two weeks' time. Uh, Remember to like, comment, share these episodes if you're enjoying them and we'll see you next time.
1: This was Rehab Do's and Don'ts. See ya.